3: Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, is Tell Dell Tuesday, where we bring on individuals to tell their story, to share... Um, what they've gone through to become successful. And uh, with us today is a unique story because this is an individual that actually did real estate before he joined Lifestyles, which is pretty unique in itself. He had also retired passively on real estate before he joined Lifestyles, which is almost never heard of. So this guy has really figured it out before he got here. Our story today is to find out how he did that and then to follow up with what he decided was reason enough to come join into a group like this. Now, having said that, I'll leave you with this. Uh, as I introduce him here, he is also one of our multifamily mentors out of the DFW area. And uh, we're really happy to have him on the team, Mr. Mike Spots. Mike, welcome to the show.
4: Hey, Dell, how you doing?
3: Excellent, sir. Me. I got a laugh. I saw you in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You know, uh, I've, never seen, I've never seen you in a suit before. <laughs> and you, they sent over this resume picture. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> that's funny.
4: Yeah, so that my, was back in the corporate days. So that was a, it's a couple years old. So.
3: <laughs> well, the, this is a great story. And I can't wait to hear it because I've, you know, I've heard bits and pieces of it. But I want to get the audience out here to hear this. Way back in 87 is when yeah. you were doing real estate. Give us the story of how you get started. Absolutely. What brought you to it?
4: Yeah, so uh, right out of college, I graduated college in 87 and, and I always had an interest in real estate throughout that, but my, my background is in high tech. Uh, but what I did is when I got out of college, I ended up buying a duplex and uh, living in one side and renting out the other and, and really realized uh, what, a, what a revenue generator that was. I mean, I was living for free and uh, renting out the other side. They were paying my mortgage. So that really got me interested. So uh, throughout my W two career, I ended up buying a few more. So that was that was the spark that got me interested way back when.
3: So when you started with the duplex, did you stay with single families or did you do anything like multifamily? I would, just tell us a little bit about because you, you're in your resume it says you retired with passive streams of
4: income. I did. So, yeah. Uh, in addition to the duplex, I ended up buying. Several properties, I had up to 13 single families, and most of them were paid off. And that was a a very nice passive income stream in addition to my W-2 career. Uh, But back in 2009, in the uh, the downturn, uh, the company that I was with ended up uh, giving out packages. And with my passive income, I could retire already. So I happily took the package and retired. I was done.
3: What year was that again?
4: Uh, Back in uh, 07. 07, 2007?
3: 2007, yeah. All right. So um, bored then, I guess. you know, big big big-time high-tech guy. uh, Takes the walking papers and the money and goes. What did you do then?
4: Yeah, well, it was was really kind of retirement. From there, I ended up buying a Harley and riding across the country with a couple buddies, playing a lot of golf, and uh, ended up being real bored
3: how cliché yeah. how cliché can it get <laughs>
4: it's it's a tough life but when you're 45 there's not a lot of people who can come out and play and go travel for a couple weeks
3: well i got to so. tell you this i'm i'm going to share with you a story that's uh, true but yet i think it probably has something to do with why you came and found lifestyles maybe we'll see i i always joke to people i started lifestyles because there was no one else that was retired <laughs> at my age <laughs> i had nobody to play with <laughs>
4: Yep. I, I know that uh, absolutely. And with, with all the income that I had with the, uh, the single families, being bored, um, I, I really wanted something else. And that's really what got me interested in Lifestyles. I had listened to you. I was in sales. So I traveled the country, and I, I listened to you for years. So I knew a lot of uh, what Lifestyles was about. I just never took that jump. And then uh, a buddy of mine invited me to one of the two days, and I happily accepted. And uh, we jumped right into it. I did the two-day and uh, absolutely jumped right into the program.
3: So from there, you went multifamily pretty much exclusively?
4: I am now. You know, I have a, a couple properties left. I sold off most of my uh, single families uh, to uh, get into the multifamily. And now, uh, especially with being a mentor with Lifestyles, Uh, I'm exclusively uh, multifamily. It's just so much better. Uh, Scale, it it really improves your revenue income.
3: When you came in and took the two-day, was there anything in the two-day that sharpened your saw? A little light bulb went on and go, boy, that one would have helped.
4: Yeah, everything. You know, um, being involved with real estate for years, uh, thinking I know what it's all about. Uh, I'm also a broker. Uh, So I've already got my license in brokering and all that stuff, but the outside world teaches you a little bit different way of of real estate investing. What I really learned in that two day was, damn, I was doing it all wrong. Um, It's it's really what we learn in the two day is using somebody else's money and really making uh, a splash in the investment world. And, and that was, it really opened my eyes, and it just it just proved to me that over the 20 years, well, 30 years now, I was doing it wrong. And I could be so far ahead if I just would have joined earlier.
3: 13 houses free and clear, that's a lot of liquidity.
4: It was, yeah. A was, lot of liquidity. A few million dollars, yeah.
3: So how did you decide to change over, Mike?
4: Well, it was really come down to uh, one being bored, trying to get into multifamily, taking that next step. And I I realized, even though I had uh, a lot of history, had a lot of years behind me, I had my broker's license, but the education for getting into multifamily was not there. There's nobody out there who can teach you how to do it other than lifestyles. And when I did the two day and went at it, started Taking the education classes that uh, Lifestyles provides, it was really an eye-opener. And it really, with the mentoring that I got when I joined, that really took me to the next step. And that's when I started selling off my houses and going in and buying multifamily and investing with other lead principals in multifamily. So that really opened my eyes.
3: So did you actually start out as a passive?
4: I did. I did. I, I was lucky enough to get into a couple of the, uh, the deals in Central Texas with a couple great leads down there. I uh, had a lot of success uh, as a passive in their deals. And then I ventured out on my own and, and was able to get uh, my first deal, oh, I guess it's been uh, four, five, four years ago now, uh, in the Dallas market. And we actually still have that asset, and it's doing really well.
3: I noticed that you did KP on a couple deals. Did you do that before you went out and became a lead, or did you
4: do that after you'd already been a lead? Yeah, I did it afterwards. Um, I know it makes sense to do it beforehand, um, but the way it fell in place for me, uh, it was afterwards. And because of the momentum that I was getting, the education that I was getting, my net worth, um, I was able to reach out to a lot of the leads who need the net worth to close some of their deals. Um, so that's where I, I spun off and started doing KP deals.
3: Okay, so on the first deal you did, that's the 94 unit the Agave?
4: Uh, correct, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a smaller deal. I, I really didn't want anything that small because of um, obviously scale uh, in, in something hundred units you want one person in one person out as employee and That was a little bit small for what I wanted, but uh, we were able to get the deal in a prime location, uh, not too far away from the uh, Lifestyles Unlimited office in Dallas. And it, it kind of met a lot of the criteria. It was close to 100 units, uh, but it was just over $8 million. And uh, the numbers worked for it.
3: Excellent. So um, I was just trying to formulate a question, but I think it's probably a bad question because <laughs> I was going to ask you You know, many times when I run into guys that are brokers before they join you. They bring a lot of... Um, negative weight with them. I can't think of the right word for it. I'm going to call it baggage, yeah. where brokers tend to believe the world works in a certain way. And investors kind of believe it works in a different way. And when I was ready to ask you that question, did you see that? I thought that, oh, wait, but he is a real estate investor already himself. Yep. So you probably were able to transcend that. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and we'll dig deeper into these properties you bought. We'll be right back with Mike Spots and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today.
4: Austin's Talk thirteen seventy.
3: Welcome back. Now
2: here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Dell Wamsley.
3: Dell Wamsley radio show today on Tell Dell. We have Mike Spots, which is a a multifamily investor out of a DFW market and also one of our top mentors for multifamily up in that area. And uh, he's sharing his uh, history with us as a successful investor before he came to Lifestyles and then the way he decided to transform his portfolio as he got here. So, Mike, as we pick it back up, we were talking about the the smaller property. Uh, what it was about that property that you liked? You know, when you're, you're you're out there picking that first property, you have a little wish list. What was it about that property that fit you?
4: Yeah, really. The uh, the main thing was the location and uh, the price. It it really came down obviously real estate is driven on location. It was in the DFW market Um, The size like I say was a little bit smaller than what we originally wanted, but it still fit the criteria When the previous owner uh, bought it he bought it a couple years before I bought it from him um, He was doing a lot of heavy lifting and he proved the concept He he did a lot of work on the exteriors and proved the concept for a couple interiors and really, I just took it from there, especially from my first multifamily asset. Um, it was a good fit for us.
3: You know, it's in Irving, Texas. And if I remember right from doing seminars up there, haven't been up there in years since uh, David took over It does such a fine job. But if I remember right, Irving, Texas was the highest density, apartment density city in the country at the time. Is that still the case?
4: Yes, I would imagine it is are so many apartments, it's right around DFW Airport. Uh, there's a lot of commerce that goes in and out of that area. There's a lot of jobs. It's centrally located between Dallas and Fort Worth. And it's just, a it's a great area. And we are still seeing growth. There are so many new A-class properties going up right around this area, right around the airport, right around from the office. We have Amazon coming in, Microsoft. So there's so much influence
3: so, when you bought this, let's talk about two things. What did you do to it to change it? And what kind of changes did that in- eventually produce as far as value? And how long did it take you to do that?
4: Can you hear me?
3: Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, There's actually three no. questions.
4: <laughs> yep, sorry, technical difficulties. All right, where were we?
3: Uh, We were asking you what it was that you did to change the Agave Villas and what kind of financial improvement did that make for your investment?
4: Yeah, we had, uh, I think we had about $300,000 in uh, CapEx and our main focus was really the interiors. Like I say, the, uh, the previous owner did the exteriors, proved the concept. We went in and we did backyards, we did granite and we really just improved the rest of the asset. Now what that did is it really improved the NOI and uh, pushed up the value quite a bit. And uh, our cash flow really bumped up after we did the interiors.
3: So, How long did it take to make those changes?
4: Uh, Our focus, our original plan was about 12 months. It ended up taking about 16 months to finish getting all the interiors done.
3: And was there a refinance at the end of that, or are you just sitting on equity?
4: No. Um, yeah, it, 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 unfortunately, with the loan that we got, uh, because it was my first deal, there were some restrictions on it. Uh, so we didn't get in with a bridge loan or anything like that. Uh, it worked out with agencies, so we're actually just sitting on a lot of equity.
3: Okay. Now, the next one you've got on your resume here is interesting, and I'm, I'm going to see if we can do this. Uh, without confusing people, it says that it's a deal that you took over from another lead investor. Can you tiptoe through that one for us and explain to us what happened there?
4: Sure, sure. Um, this happens it's 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 part of life. Uh, people get into things that uh, they realize hey, it's not for them. And uh, there was a lead up in Dallas that uh, purchased a property and they are big in the kps they they have a lot of money and they realized that yeah, maybe being a lead is uh, taking a little bit too much time out of retirement than uh, I expected. So they uh, asked me if I'd like to take it over and it wasn't too far away and it still fit, fit the box for my time. And I ended up, uh, we took a vote with the investors and we ended up just uh, converting over to me.
3: That's very convenient. Were you in the deal itself?
4: I was, yeah, I was a passive in the deal. And uh, again, because of uh, the size of properties and stuff, my growth plan, it actually fit really well.
3: So um, what did you do on this one? What was was needed for this one to be maximized?
4: So pretty much about the same. Interior, this had exterior uh, work as well. Uh, So this was actually a little bit more of a heavy lift. So uh, we did exteriors, interiors, foundations, you name it. Roof. This was this was kind of let's let's pretty up everything about this, and uh, pretty much the same thing. And this one we sold earlier this year. We ended up buying this one at eighty five dollars or eighty five thousand a unit. Uh, we ended up selling it for uh, one hundred and thirty a unit. Oh wow! Nice nice bump. That's a fifty percent increase in value. That's
3: unbelievable.
4: It was it was a nice bump. Great great location. Great little property.
3: So, my guess is, I'm just doing math in my head, playing with numbers, if you got a 50% total value increase and you're only leveraged at 25% going in, that's a 200% return. Are you, is that close to the numbers you were looking at? It,
4: the returns on the asset, yes, uh, because of our financial contingencies of yield maintenance, it was a little bit different.
3: Ah, you had to pay to get out.
4: Hmm. Yeah, I had to pay to play. So, <laughs> It, it knocked it knocked the chip
3: off of us. All right. Well, that that stuff happens too. You get get into something to do and put together in the first place, and so now you're you two deals smarter than you were before. You've learned some things about financing. Um, at least you've been identified them. You don't know if you can beat them yet, but you've identified them. So, what was your thoughts going into the third deal? Did you have a different plan?
4: Yeah, I mean scale. Obviously, we're we're I I self managed management company, trying to grow my brand, to grow my business, get bigger properties, uh, allow more investors to be involved. Uh, so the next property actually happened to be one of the brokers brought it to me, and happened to be just a couple miles away from Agave Villas. So we looked at that, and it kind of fit the same box. Kind of strange, but it it hit the same box as Agave. The previous owners did a good job. They did some heavy lifting, they did some exteriors, and they proved the concept.
3: Now, when you bought that second one, I'm assuming you purchased it as a different deal with different partners, right?
4: Yes, correct. Yeah. Now, a lot of the investors from my first acquisition also wanted to be in the second acquisition, uh, so they they jumped on board. And we had a few extras on that and we were able to close
3: it pretty quick. Now I'm gonna go to, being that these are two different properties and they have two different financial statements and you can't swap money and you can't cross-transact stuff, did you find any economics of scale out of having two of them within two two miles of each other?
4: Yes. Yeah, we were able to actually gain uh, scale because they were close and we were able to utilize, uh, one, because of the size, we were able to utilize the vendors Get better prices on our
3: vendors. And okay, we- we'll pick this up when we come back, Mike. They're kicking us out the back. And we'll be right back with Mike Spots and the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Austin's Talk
4: 1370.
2: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time,
3: Del Wansley. Welcome back to the Dell Wombsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell is Mike Spots, a multifamily lead investor out of Dallas, Fort Worth area, and also uh, a mentor for me in the uh, Texas region and uh, doing a really good job of it. So, Mike, uh, let's go back to where we got cut off and going uh, during break there. And we were saying, I wanted to ask you, and I'm, I'm going to be more specific right now and because I was trying to make a point, is that even though two properties are owned by different people, without diluting funds back and forth, and diluting is not the right word for it, commingling funds back and forth. Without commingling funds, the question was, do you still get economics of scale? And if so, could you be specific about that to explain why it's easier to run two properties close to each other and yeah. building it?
4: Yeah, absolutely, and it, and it is. It really comes down to scale. Um, one benefit that we saw pretty much right off the bat was how we negotiate with our vendors as we continue to grow uh, unit count, we're able to get better deals from our vendors and more properties again better prices from our vendors not only that uh, and not not really specifically commingling but we're able to use experience of resources from our staff say if we have a highly educated highly trained HVAC guy at one of our properties. Maybe we don't need them at both properties. So that actually lowers the overall uh, cost uh, employment cost for both properties. So those are really the high hitters that uh, we saw instantly. let's
3: talk on the sales and marketing side of it. Are your properties identical as far as product you offer or is there variations that you can use to cross market things?
4: Yeah, they're actually a little bit different. Uh, one, uh, one property has a little bit bigger unit, has townhomes in it, and the other has efficiencies and one bedroom, so it's a little bit smaller unit. So it actually works out real well when somebody comes in our office and is looking for maybe a, a large two-bedroom, and maybe we don't have any at that time, but we can refer them to our one of our other properties right down the street. And yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Endless. Yes, and it works great.
3: There is that that interesting aspect about being able to have multiple locations and choices and variations for people to pick from that I found to be very, very beneficial marketing-wise, to say the least. It is um, huge. The other thing is, uh, you know, we used employees in other ways like... Uh, a lot of times it's really hard when you have a hundred units like your 94, where you have one guy inside, one one girl inside, one guy outside as the maintenance guy, and then somebody's got to be on call. Well, that means the same people have to be on call all the time. <laughs> they Whereas, don't like that. No, they don't. <laughs> and so by having two properties, we were able to take both properties, put them together, and have one person on call. Yep. Right. And let the other guy off for a weekend. <laughs> Are you able to do that
4: we are we are now that and uh, in, in, in addition to the properties that I have We've actually managed a couple others for a couple other leads So it, it really increased the scale and gave the guys uh, a lot more relaxation time for the weekends. So it, it really worked out
3: Now you went from uh, a 94 and a 72 you sold the 72 and you bought a hundred and fifty two and um, did you feel that the 152 was easier to operate than the 94 or the 74? Much.
4: It it is amazing. Um, The larger you get, the easier it is to manage. Um, Not only are you able to get better uh, quality employees, the managers, uh, the inside managers, they want bigger properties because then your staff is a little bit deeper. Um, Like on the 150, we have uh, one and a half in, one and a half out. So it's it's easier to bring people. Like on the 94 unit, like you said, that one guy, the maintenance guy, is on call 24-7. And when you have to carry refrigerators and do HVAC work and replacements, that's hard for one person.
3: So, yeah, I forgot all about that part. It is. There's almost no way you can run an apartment, in my mind, with just one maintenance guy. You at least need a helper. You do. Even if it's just a laborer. You know what yeah. I mean? You're, you know, minimum wage guy. You need somebody. So that, first of all, your $25 an hour guy isn't picking up trash. Yes.
4: <laughs> yes. It's that's, that's huge. Why are you spending that for a $9 an hour job? Yeah. I mean, you really don't want that. So that, that alone has helped.
3: No doubt. So... um how long did you work at this one before you went to the next one?
4: Oh, let's see. We bought uh, 2017 for Gavi, 2018. So we, about a year and a half. It was about a year and a half before we ended up getting the next one.
3: Okay. Did you have any end result on this one? Was there any refinance out of this one or anything?
4: No, we still, uh, we're cash flowing quite well. Um, and we just were holding a lot of equity. Now, because of the, uh, the situation we're in with the COVID, uh, a lot of our debt lenders are not allowing us to do uh, supplemental, so that, that's kind of put uh, the supplemental on the back burner for now. But uh, hopefully when they start loosening up some of the, the financing, they'll they'll be able to do a supplemental for us.
3: Yeah, that's too bad because interest rates are at all-time lows right oh now. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It's just incredible how low they are. All right, so you moved on, and the next one's even larger, 256 units for your next property. Uh, Actually, to me, I came to the conclusion about 20 years ago that the apartment industry came to the conclusion about 20 or 30 years ago that 240, 250 units, actually 256 is almost like, I think I've actually owned two other properties where 256, I don't know why it comes out to that. It must be the number of units per building and number of buildings per complex to come to 256. But I... I came to the conclusion that almost everything out there, that's what they were building, was 240 to 250 units. For some odd reason, they came to that conclusion. What's your thought on that?
4: You know, I agree. It seems like the sweet spot uh, between 250 and 300 seems to be a sweet spot in that area. I guess it's it's the density. Now, most of these are all two-story. A couple with the townhomes are three, and a couple of the neighboring properties are three stories, so they're up into the 300 units, but it seems like that's across the board. That's what they're building, and they're still building those, so I don't know if it's just a sweet spot in financing or ability to run the asset, but you see a lot of them right in that area, and I'll agree, that is a sweet spot. It's easy. It's a lot easier, again, versus the 94 unit. Versus the 152 unit, the 256 is easier to run. It's just a well-oiled machine because of the depth of employees that you're able to get.
3: Have you ever been in the military of any form? I have not. One of the things I read a long time ago was that almost all churches, almost all military units are broken down into groups of 200. And so you, when you go out there and you get in the military group, they have 200 guys and they call it something, right? And then they have another 200 guys. It's another one of those. So you got Able Company and this company and that company and ABCD, whatever. And then you go to churches and they have about 200 people and at each congregation. And the, the point they make is 200 is small enough that you could know everybody. Everybody could feel like they're a part of something. Yet it's you get the economics of scale. There you go. And uh, so I I, I kind of put that into my mind that that was a, kind of a functioning aphorism that you have to be aware of. And so, like, if you go to our seminar rooms, our seminar rooms are designed to hold, you know, 200 to 300 people, and that's it. Because that's just the sweet spot, right? So maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it sure seems like it. 256, though, is quite a step obviously when you take the steps 90 to 150 to 250 that's not a scary thing and uh you're able to do it what was your goal on the last 256 units what was this what did you like about that
4: deal and why did you buy that one uh again it it came down to the first thing was location i mean it's uh it's within two and a half miles of the other two assets so in addition to adding scale, it helped out with the same things we talked about earlier, your vendors, your employees, and it definitely helped out the maintenance guys because now we have six guys, seven guys who can rotate on the weekends. So that was a huge benefit and and it just, it improved just how the operations of the management company worked. So that was one of it. And then the other was really the location of the asset and what we needed to do to it to get it to the next level.
3: Well, you know, there's a show on TV that my wife likes to watch called King of Queens. (laughs) I guess I'm going to have to call you the King of Irving, right? (laughs) The King of Irving, Texas. You only need to buy a couple more apartments and you'll own everything over there.
4: And, and I'm going to continue to look in Irving and the DFW market. I've, I've looked in other markets, and there's other a lot of great markets out there, but I'm afraid with where I'm going and what I'm trying to do, if I stay in the DFW market, it's a primary market, I think that'll work out best for myself and my investors. Because if I start going to other cities, it might dilute our effort. And, Okay, Mike,
3: they're kicking us out again, man. I'm gonna okay. to, we'll pick it up and we'll come back to the other side. We'll okay. be right back with Mike Spots and Del Wamsley Radio Show.
4: Talk 1370, the right choice.
2: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
3: Welcome back to Dell Wompley radio show with me today here for tell Dell is Mike spots who is a multifamily investor out of the Dallas Fort Worth area also he is a mentor for lifestyles unlimited and Mike I'm gonna ask you sort of a poignant question right now put you on the spot a little bit not like intentionally trying to put you on the spot but just it's one of those kinds of questions that are personal so uh, whenever I ask them people always get a little itchy you know but I'm gonna ask you this question because I think it's relevant um, you, as with many other people, I've, I make the statement all the time, you know, after we help you become successful as you want to be and you're, then you're bored, then I'm going to come after you and ask you to come work helping other people, come mentor other people. And I don't call it a job. I call it working with us as a team member. But um, I get different responses. That's you know, And yours was a rather hesitant response, to say the least. Until you came down spent some time with me at my house and we sat around a couple of us and chatted about what this was really all about yep. I'm sure you remember that I that do, time You were you know a little Unsure that this was something you were willing to pick up a lot of work a lot of time for other people instead of for yourself What finally made you change now? By the way before you, before you say anything I want you to know that. I know you like teaching. Okay. I know that right. Love it. <laughs> a, and so um, I've seen you do it, and you're excellent at it. But I know that, so maybe that's why you did it. But but the hesitancy was there, so I had to ask, what what overcame the hesitancy?
4: So, the uh, you know, honestly, the freedom that you give us, it, it really allows us to do what we do. And, and I have a lot of, uh, I'm a fiduciary to my investors, and I don't want to dilute that. And when I came down to your home and we talked about it, you said, look, this is, this is an opportunity to reach out and give back. And I took that to heart. And, and I love doing it because I, I think I have a lot to give to this next generation and people who are trying to get into this business. And when you allowed us to, to do this with the freedom and not hurting our business and, and reaching out and helping other people, get into this that's really what it, uh the determining factor was you allowed us the freedom to do what we needed to do and to reach out to the new next generation
3: that was when, key. when you started mentoring uh what was the biggest surprise to you
4: uh, the amazing interest that people want to do this they they just We give them a goal. A lot of people want to retire out of their W-2 jobs and get into this and retire. And the amount of people, I mean, I've already done it. I did it years ago. But I didn't know how many people had the interest to get into this and really change their life. And the benefit of being a mentor is I am able, it's so self-fulfilling that I get to help people change their life. The program that you put together gives people the education and gives them the ability to physically, financially change their life. And I love watching it. I mean, I, I was just talking to a, a, a friend. I, I call him a friend. I met him through this. And he is about to retire from his job in about a month. And this, he, he could not have done it without this organization.
3: Do you find... That being a mentor puts you in a position where you're still learning?
4: Oh, my God, every day. Every day. And, and it is so incredible. Every day I'm learning something new. It is, I don't care what we do, the properties, the locations, the people, the buyers, the sellers, the brokers, everything. We are learning something every day. And it's internal. It's external. it's It's endless. So absolutely, and, and the, the the information that I learned from one person, I get to share with another. That's a huge benefit with this organization. I don't know how people do it outside of a community like what we have.
3: Yeah, I don't know either, to be honest with you. Um, I guess you just go in and make some mistakes. Hack away at it is probably
4: all well, you can do. And that's when we go in and buy their properties. I I hate to say it, but we see so many assets uh, that have really fallen apart because of the way people buy them and think that they're supposed to be run. And that's when we go in and scoop up some great deals.
3: Yeah. I found that everything you said was true. In addition to all of that, I also found it kept me sharp. You know, yeah, when you're crunching right. the numbers every day for different people, you know, you, for me, I don't do this stuff anymore. So, like, you know, you crunch the numbers. I got to get out the calculator, put down a piece of paper, <laughs> go through the, you know, the, the decision tree and make the decision and blah, blah, blah. But, man, when I was doing what you're doing, I could look at a place and go, it's going to cost you $4,562 yep. per door to refinish yep. it. You yep. know <laughs> I, <mean? laughs> I, I just I movie just movie rebuilt morning. one just like this the other day, you know, yep. boom. And uh, it was amazing how sharp it kept me on what I was doing for a living, you know. Oh,
4: my God. And I love it because you're exactly right. You can walk through an asset and say, this is what this costs. This is what I expect. And you can get it almost pinpoint. It's amazing because you're with people and different assets every day. It just keeps you sharp.
3: The last one I got out of it, and I see you probably have also, is you get to see different people's approach to life. And you get to see massive type B's that won't take action. You can see the failure on that side. You can see massive type A's who take too much of the wrong action and fail. And you can tie those together in your own mind and create a balance and go, I'm not going to do that. Because I'm seeing it happen right before my eyes. Do you feel that too?
4: I do. I do. You, You see all the different personalities and it's amazing how much a single personality can break or make a deal. Yeah, Exactly right.
3: Well, I've really enjoyed having you on the team, Mike. Uh, I say that sincerely. i um, glad you decided to take the plunge with us because um, you're a sharp guy, you're a good teacher, and I think you got a great heart. Uh, looks like we've won a few more National Apartment Association Apartment Investors of the Year this year. Yep. So we look forward to you guys getting out there to celebrate those victories. Uh, some of them out of the Dallas area. So congratulations and all that. And, again, thanks for coming on the radio show today, and thanks for being a mentor.
4: Dell, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great chat with you.
3: Thank you. For the rest of you out there, remember this. We don't do this for a little money. We're doing this for an incredible, incredible lifestyle. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.